Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The start of our gospel lesson begins thus, and after six days. Well, that refers back to Mark 8, uh, when Simon Peter, speaking on behalf of all of the disciples, he was the uh, apostle's spokesman, confessed of Jesus, you are the Christ. Now, immediately after that stunning confession, Jesus taught the disciples that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. You may recall that Simon Peter, who had just confessed Jesus to be the Christ, pulled Jesus aside after that and began to rebuke him. Apparently, in Simon Peter's thinking, the Christ should not suffer. Now, Jesus soundly rebuked Simon Peter. Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Now, I wanted to provide this context because... It follows that, that Mark tells us, after six days. And then he proceeds to share the account of the transfiguration of our Lord. Jesus took three apostles with him up the mountain, Peter, James, and John. There appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Now, Simon Peter didn't know what to say, nor did the others, because they were all terrified. They were really uh, overcome with fear. Jesus was transfigured right before their very eyes, and his clothes, the text says, became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. Now, in the history of God's interaction with his people, you will recall that when the tabernacle was erected, The cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So much so that Moses couldn't even go in. That's from Exodus 40. You'll also recall that on Mount Sinai, God spoke to Moses from a thick cloud. That's in Exodus uh, 19. So too, here on the Mount of Transfiguration, we heard a cloud overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Now, after God the Father spoke these words from the cloud, Elijah and Moses, who were there with Jesus, were gone. But Jesus was left. Hear him. That's what God is saying. Hear him. Until this time, Israel had prophets who spoke God's word to them. Now, foremost, when you think about the prophets, who do you think are the foremost among the prophets? Certainly Moses and Elijah would be there. It's no coincidence then. They are the ones that are here on, Mount Sin- on, on the mountain of transfiguration. Um, let's talk about Elijah. You heard from 2 Kings that Elijah didn't die. He was taken up into heaven by a whirlwind. 
He left the earth, but he didn't die. He was the great prophet who commanded the rain. He commanded it to stop. Speaking God's word, obviously God is the one who was commanding it, but he commanded the rain to stop and said the rain will stop until I say otherwise. And there was a drought. And he commanded the rain to resume. He raised the widow's son from death. You recall that, the widow who miraculously had a child and, and was uh, the child was, was dead, and, and he raised, raised the child. Elijah did battle against the prophets of Baal, the showdown. You'll recall the uh, prophets of Baal, 450 of them, were out there dancing around their altar, and, and nothing was happening. And uh, Elijah said, Maybe they're out relieving themselves. Why don't you, you know, call out louder so that they can hear you? And a bit of taunting that Elijah did. But when Elijah built his altar and poured water all over it, fire came down from heaven and consumed his burnt offering and even licked up all of the water that was in the trough around his altar. That is the great prophet Elijah. Now Moses, no stranger to all of you, led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. He led them through the wilderness. And he led them to the precipice of the promised land, although he was not permitted to enter himself. Moses talked directly with God. He went up Mount Sinai and talked with God. He was uh, the mediator between God and the people of Israel. Now, he's also the author of the first five books of the Bible. That's why the, um, when uh, Jesus and others in, in his day would refer to the scriptures, sometimes they would refer to it as Moses and the prophets because it was understood that Moses and the prophets are the ones that brought them God's word. Those are indeed the scriptures through which the faith of Israel is founded. Jesus said to the, uh, to the Jews, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Now this gives us some additional context for understanding the transfiguration. The great prophets, Elijah and Moses, the ones that Jews should listen to and would listen to, are eclipsed. It is Jesus to whom you shall listen. Now don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that Elijah and Moses spoke falsely. That's not the point. God's not saying that. It's more that he's saying, in this man, Jesus Christ, has the law and the prophets now been fulfilled and will be fulfilled because this transfiguration is looking forward to his crucifixion. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law which the prophets Moses and the prophets faithfully handed down 
It's not going against what they said, but it's saying he is now the fulfillment of Moses and the prophets. Now, on the Mount of Transfiguration, they all three appeared to three apostles. Now, you, you will look and, and find in the scriptures that two or three witnesses are sufficient for establishing something. Um, whether it's you know, something to be accepted as a fact, it, it requires two or three witnesses. And so here there are three witnesses hearing and seeing his majesty. We read this morning from our Sunday school class from Second uh, Peter. We have beheld his majesty, referring to this Mount of Transfiguration. That was Peter. John says the same thing in his gospel. And the voice of God came down from the cloud, saying that Jesus is the one to whom they should listen. Now, as I said, Jesus was not correcting Moses or Elijah. But if not, then why the contrast? Why have all three of them and then have the two disappear, Jesus to be left, and then God is saying, listen to him? Well, John, one of these eyewitnesses, remember it's Peter, James, and John, said in his gospel, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law is indeed good and wise as we sing. Uh, we are guided by it. We strive to live according to divine law. I mean, even pagans unwittingly try to keep the divine law without recognizing it. Uh, when, when there are pagan laws against theft, against murder, against uh, uh, lying, um, those are... Those are, that's God's divine law, which is imprinted on our hearts, which all people have. So even though they don't recognize this law comes from God, they're still trying to keep it. The problem is, the law of God cannot save you. The law always accuses. Doesn't only accuse, but it always accuses so if your thought theology ends with the law of God, you're left in your sin. You're left with debt to God, which no amount of good works could ever repay. This is precisely what Paul is getting at in the passage from 2 Corinthians. Moses covered his face with a veil. Now, firstly, because the people were afraid of Moses because his face shone. But secondly, and this is perhaps a little more subtle, is that his face shone temporarily. You see, when the veil covered his face, what they didn't see is that his face was going from very bright to less bright. See, it was fading away. That's what Paul is referring to when he says what was passing away. Israel was called to trust in God steadfastly, not to place their trust on the visible glory shining in Moses' face. Otherwise, would they look at his face to see if it was no longer shining and conclude, well, God must have left us because his glory's not here shining in Moses' face anymore. So he wore a veil. 
Now this covenant that was mediated by Moses and repeatedly proclaimed by the prophets was one in which the Israelites were to trust completely in God who would provide for them. Now whereas they failed to keep the covenant, Jesus has not failed. In fact, Jesus is the fulfillment of the covenant. Thus, the apostles and us are to listen to him. We're to hear him, not because he corrected Elijah or Moses, but because he has fulfilled the law. If we only hear the law, we remain dead. We have to hear the forgiveness of sins that in Jesus Christ Your failures to keep the law are covered. They are atoned for. Jesus has taken those failures, those sins of yours. He has taken to the cross and paid the price. That's the word of God that we must listen to and hear. And that is the word that comes through Christ. Now, final word regarding this. Lest we slip back into the law and perish. Don't receive this as a command. This is not like your dad saying, listen to me, darn it, because I said so. Just listen to me. That's not what this is. This is your Savior who is telling the apostles what must be. That is what must come to pass. When he told them that Christ should suffer and die, and Peter said, Far be that from you, Lord, you shall never do this thing. And Jesus said, no, no, that's not you. That's Satan talking. That's Satan talking. Because Christ should suffer and die for the forgiveness of your sins. That's the word that you are to hear and to listen to. It was necessary that the Christ should suffer. How many times as we went through the study of Acts do we see that that's what Paul was, that's what he was reasoning with the Jews, trying to get them to understand. Not just that Jesus is the Christ, but that the Christ, whoever that might be, according to the scriptures, he needs to suffer and die for our sins. That was necessary that the Christ should die. It was necessary that Christ should be raised on the third day, as he said to them. And all of this is necessary so that he might save you, so that he might receive upon himself your iniquities, your transgressions, your sins. So when God says, hear him, that's what he wants you to hear. Hear him. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.